welcome to our last podcast of 2021. Yes. Oh my goodness. Welcome back. And this is exciting. Yes. The, the year kind of passed quickly. It really, really did. I, way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just cannot believe we are already heading into 2022. And, yeah. you know, all I got to say is, Joe Byron, why did you uh, continue to us uh, to um, extend this uh, student loan repayment? I know. I couldn't okay. believe that. I was very surprised. <laughs> I am very surprised. I'm still putting them in whatever I have for Barron's department. I don't care. I said I'm, I'm not paying right. back because I don't, I don't appreciate how that interest did me. I know that's like right. Same. That I took out. I'm on strike. Same. Same. I'm on strike. I will forbear too. it till it can be forbearing mm-hmm. no more. Mm-hmm. And then it can mm-hmm. go with me to my grave. And I'm not like I know that that's right. Just because I'm being funny. I'm being silly. But every other debt I pay, I pay down everything. That Same. one I just philosophically think is just wrong. They exploit college students. They take advantage sure of us. Do. We don't know what we're doing taking out them loans. My parents sure didn't don't. know I was doing that. <laughs> you should have mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I digress. So yes, yes. Buddy, we're not happy about that, one, bro. We're we are not, not. We are not with you, Joe Byron. Right, Joe Byron. But anyway, I hope you all joined us last week and enjoyed our conversation with Ophelia Martinez. Okay. Uh, we talked a lot about her writing and everything about centering Latinas and Chicanas and her romance. Um. We talked about uh, Stevie J asking Faith for some doggone uh, alimony. He ought to be ashamed of himself. <laughs> and <laughs> Nick Cannon uh, losing his child. Um, we still have, are sitting in our remorse and, and, and our um, yes, love to yes. him. And then Portia on Tamron Hall talking about her, her cheating fiance. But uh, <laughs> and then Fallon yeah. came back and was basically like, "Keep your name out of my mouth," because in that interview, right. Portia said, "Congratulations" or whatever. Fallon just mm-hmm. had a baby, kind of throwing a little lightweight shade, and Fallon was mm-hmm. basically like, "Don't even speak on me and my baby." But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. in listening romance, I gave a shout out to the Romance Podcast, um, the nice group of ladies over there uh, with their feminist slant on uh, romance. And then watching mm-hmm. romance, we recapped a lot of holiday movies. And you know what, you can't be sadly this go around. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I have been so swamped with work and then doing other stuff at night that I haven't been able to watch things like I want to watch. So Yeah, I understand. So so everything's on my DVR and I'm going okay. to just binge, binge, binge. So when um, I give my thoughts, I'm not going to give spoilers. I'll just talk about okay. my feelings about it. I didn't watch everything either and I still have several things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Christmas Stray is kind of, yeah. So there, Yeah, Christmas Stray comes on tonight. Yeah, our DVR is mm-hmm. going to be good and full and that's okay. Mm-hmm, so we'll have mm-hmm. some things to look forward to. Yeah, I even uh, added extra DVR space just for the holiday seasons because I knew, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get to everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, so a lot, a lot of holiday romances. I hope you all are still keeping up. This is pretty much the last week of any kind of holiday premieres. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So, after that will be repeats that are going to be yeah. playing play uh, catch during up the Christmas. Yeah, so you can play catch up, you know, yeah. with yeah. all the holiday movies that are going to probably run until February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, you have plenty of time to watch them. So, Yakini, what's up in our hot topics in romance this week? 
So Hot Topics and Romance. So huge congratulations goes out to WNBA star Candace Parker. So she's celebrating her second wedding anniversary um, to her wife, Anna Petrakova. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. saying that right. Yes. But um, mm-hmm. Anna is a Russian basketball player. So they're expecting a baby together, their first baby together. Um, I believe that Candace already has a daughter. But this yeah, she has a daughter Janet. with um yeah, which she was married to Sheldon Williams of mm-hmm. the NBA, mm-hmm. and they have a daughter together. I had no idea Candace was interested in the ladies, but yeah, uh, yeah. as well because she had been with Sheldon for a, mm-hmm. a really long time. Yeah, but you but know, look at Missy Nash and her story. I guess sometimes exactly. just that 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 true love and that soulmate later in life and we talked about that mm-hmm. last season just kind of mm-hmm. coming into your sexuality and your own kind of as yeah. a middle age or 40s 30s 40s middle age woman so yeah, yeah that's dope. And, I didn't know either yeah yeah I bet you bring it all out there because you just you know wanted a WNBA championship yeah and um you know this is kind of a, a big year for her so yes congratulations to her and, and sexuality as we said on here time and time again is not a straight line that's it's right. always on the it might even be a circle so who that's knows? exactly <laughs> right that's exactly right mm-hmm. so she's mm-hmm. found her happiness she put up a beautiful mm-hmm. face i mean a beautiful post on instagram she said happy anniversary you know two years ago i got to marry my best friend in front of our close family and friends my heart mm-hmm. could have exploded i cried like a baby to mm-hmm. know me or you is to know our love this journey Aww. hasn't been easy I am proud of us and what we have built and who we have grown to become both individually and together. Thank Mm -hmm. you for always loving Layla as your own, being my calm, Mm -hmm. my support, my voice of reason, my laughs, my cuddles, my dance in the rain, my happy, my home. Thanks for constantly challenging me and telling me when I'm wrong. And she had the eyes rolling emoji. Mm -hmm. I love you. I appreciate you. I value you and what we have. We've always Aww. dreamed of growing our family. It's surreal that we now have a baby on the way. Layla is pumped wow. to be a big sister. So yeah, and she went on to talk about how her wife is glowing and beautiful. It was a really, really nice Aww. tribute. So yeah, That's huge congrats nice. to them. And as you said, to her for kind of stepping into her authentic self and finding her happiness. We love that. And she, and she kept that. that on the low for two whole years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's mm-hmm. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Kudos to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. So in other mm-hmm. news and potential couples, you know, you can't be pictured or spotted anywhere together. You can't say anything on the interwebs without folks speculating. So the, the rumors that Omarion and singer her might be a couple. So this is what? such a cute, non-problematic potential coupling so basically they've just basically been kind of flirting in each other's dms i'm sorry not dms Mm. in each other's instagram posts so that doesn't have to mean anything but you know when people do it publicly it's kind of like they want us to see so they've had some little cutesy flirting going on um like let's see what she said she used a lyric from his song she had a picture in the mirror of herself in a pretty Mm. little dress and she said I got this ice box where my heart used to be, apparently. Oh. LMAO. Oh. And then um, Omarion came into it and did like the little praying hands with the blushing smile. And then um, he's just been kind of lighting up all of her posts with like little what? cutesy emojis and, and stuff like that. So, you know. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting couple. I, I mean, I would never. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I would never. She seems so. She seems very chill and like not. She does. Like folks not in her business. So I hope she does. that works for him. You know, and he's yeah. a good looking man. So he is him and his man. brother. Whoo, God, his brother. Yes, too. yes. But um, <laughs> good looking, good looking. I dude, still so, wonder hey. though about him and April Jones. I mean, I it was so vague like the way she you know she was on love and hip-hop so was he then he stepped mm-hmm, off the mm-hmm. show and mm-hmm. the way she described it was just kind of like one day we were happy and we have our two beautiful children the next day he was kind of like i don't want to do this anymore i don't love you anymore i don't want to be in this situation and you know omarion is very kind of he doesn't speak up he doesn't, he doesn't talk do interviews yeah. about his personal business so he kind of took the high road and didn't respond back to deny confirm or anything but the way she made it sound was like he just woke up one day in bed and was kind of like, I don't, I don't love you anymore. I don't want this. Which is kind of like a woman's worst kind of nightmare and fear. Like mm-hmm. somebody or man, like I don't love you. So I, I don't know if there was more to to it than that. But that's that's troubling because I, I like Omarion and I want to keep liking him. But it's just kind of weird to just one day be like, oh, this life and family I have, two kids and a wife or whatever she was, child's mother. I, I don't want to do it anymore. So I hope... Maybe. Maybe he saw the writing on. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall with that whole fizz, whatever situation. Maybe this thing didn't come so later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean that was basically after they broke up. I think she did that on some hurt get back ish. Okay, bandmate brother, because it was like you know they'd been separated for some time. But anywho, so that's that's okay. that. But it, it's a cutesy little flirtation thing they have going on. So okay. we'll keep watching that and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then last mm-hmm. but not least, so Alicia Keys recently did an interview. Um, it's not so much the interview that I'm really commenting on, but <laughs> she basically talked about how Swizz Beats wasn't her type at first. You know, she was kind of like, you know how that is, ladies. He wasn't my type at first. He wasn't really my vibe. But, you know, I realized I didn't know him. And then after I got to know him, he turned into my soulmate. So she, they kind of played that little soundbite on a few, you know, blogs. I never really heard the whole full interview, wasn't really interested. But mm-hmm. it's kind of like when they put that soundbite in the shade room, the comments, girl, they were in shambles. The comment section. <laughs> and, you know, it just went in. Well, of course, he wasn't your type. He wasn't your soulmate because he was somebody else's husband. So it just not only that, I, I always yeah. thought she liked ladies. So, I mean, I, 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 mean, I did as well for like the first I thought she liked ladies for a while. Yeah. I, did. Mm. I have a pretty this is kind of off topic, but I felt like I always had a pretty sensitive gaydar just very <laughs> so i actually was quite and i've met her in person and interviewed her and just one of mm-hmm. the kindest most genuine souls that you know mm-hmm. you'll ever meet and i definitely mm-hmm. thought i got lesbian vibes and stuff so you know i was, I was wrong i guess but but yeah no, they, they really gave it to her in the comments are we ever going to uh, forgive alicia keys for stealing mashonda's man or not. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not. I think she's going to the grave with that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so when she does interviews like that, I feel like you girl, you setting yourself up. You know, <laughs> you like really are. we love I your music. Yeah. We love your sense of peace and how you carry yourself. I dig her her vibe in general. But that mm-hmm. was that was just dirty and I'll never I'll never forgive her for that. So I'm sorry. Yeah, she I was, can separate um, it. I can separate mm-hmm. it. I love Neo and I separate how he did um he did his ex wife dirty or ex Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was I, just if you read yeah, the comments. She was on she was yeah. on uh, the Today Show today actually. And, Alicia you know, Keys to, or are you talking yeah, about um Alicia Keys. Okay, we're talking about you know, talking about, you know, her new album and stuff. And, 
talking about Swizz and her, their love, and I was like, God, Lord. God. <laughs> it's, so, it's so dirty, honestly. Like, it it's dirty. not oh, when I when she talks about it. All I think about is Mashonda, and she really loved him Ooh. and was heartbroken. Ooh. And and he kind of just moved, kind of like the Omarion situation. He just decided mm-hmm. he was over it and moved on. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that. So no, Alicia, we're not, we don't care if he wasn't your soulmate initially. Like to the music that we love and being, you know, at peace and all that stuff. But no, no, ma'am. Yeah, the comments yeah. were were funny though. I just chuckled because yeah. I knew it was coming. I knew, and yeah. I feel like the shade room does stuff like that on purpose. They'll put, but you know, they do. You they know, know they do. They do. They you know, know they do. You know they do. They like let's see what the people go say about mm-hmm. this bullshit. Yes, exactly. Y'all know they y'all don't like slick. her. Let's see what let's see what y'all gonna say about this. Alicia, you too much girl. Mm-hmm. We yep. still love you, yep. but no, yeah, we're not gonna support yep. that. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's it in hot topics. Unless you have oh, oh, I have I have a kind of an off offshoot topic. Did okay. you see that thing on? Um, it was I think I was in the shade room. I saw it, but. What's his name? Faith and Love or whatever his name is, the comedian. He was talking about Nicole Byer, who's also a comedian. Um, plus he said she was girl. like the unfunniest woman. Yeah, she wasn't. She yeah, she was unfunny, and I was like, "What was that about?" Because when I saw that, jealousy. I didn't have any context to it, and I was like, "Was he well, she has her? A, she she has a, no, she has a uh, Netflix special out." And they're saying a lot of the women that have had Netflix specials aren't funny. Well, hell, some of the men aren't funny either. Yeah, but I know that's Netflix right. Special. right. Um, so, you know, I think he's just a little bit on the hater side. And she I was just really was surprised hurt. that he would kind of just bash her like that for no reason. I was like, too. I was like, what's going on? I that was too. And then, you know, I think she's a beautiful girl. Me too. I think, I've always thought that. I, 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 she always dresses nice. She All her makeup is always on point. Um, she always looks amazing. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, you know, she's her new show, Grand Crew, actually premieres tonight on NBC. Okay. Um, it's her first like ensemble kind of cast, all mm-hmm. black cast in LA. It looks like it's real funny. So let's, oh, you know, let's 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 support. Yeah. Nicole, we want to support that. These what people. you talking about? Big worm up out here. Talking about big, <laughs> when the last time really? you see him do anything? That's what I'm saying. Like, how dare than, you? Yeah, how, how dare you? you? Exactly. Exactly. That sounds like there's more to that. She might have curved him, but he asked her. You think so? Why would you just speak up? I'm being facetious, but I'm like, why Mm -hmm. would you just comment on that? Like, Mm -hmm. you just stop it, sir. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to think she's the funniest (laughs) person in the world, but you you could have kept that comment to yourself. So exactly, it just not necessarily negative. I've seen his stand up, and it wasn't particularly funny either. So I mean, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, that's crazy. But is yeah. that it for our, our topic today? It was kind of slow week. I guess people get ready for it. Was. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, there's a lot of hot topics happening now, but they're not so much centered around romance. So I was kind of, you know, obviously Jesse Smollett was found guilty, oh, and then you have some other sad things going on and tornadoes, and then Travis Scott and his foolishness trying to get out of his for his role and all that stuff so yeah those topics were a little kind of more heavy but yeah mm-hmm. it, it was a slow topic in romance and stuff well well, who, well let's just hope in the new year 
we'll have some some more uh, romance foolishness to report yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was about to say the baby, but Tori laying out there still not taking ownership of what he oh, did. That's not even talking about Yeah, that. that's what I'm like. It was just so ugly. I'm just proud of Megan. She graduated from school. Yes. She's yes. living her best life, making her parents proud in heaven. And I'm just mm-hmm. so glad that she moved on from him and that just stupidity and I just hope he's just found guilty but I actually, I actually watched more the graduation <laughs> say that again I, said it, I watched the whole graduation oh, I, I was like Megan I was like Megan is my girl it was well TSU Texas Southern had streamed it online okay. I was like I know they paid for this bandwidth because they knew everybody was going to come yeah yes. try to see it mm-hmm. but she was in the second half of their graduation they broke it up by schools and okay. so her school was the very last school and she was almost like the second to last person to be mm-hmm. called. Um, and so um, it was really exciting. Everybody was screaming and, and stuff. But she looked beautiful. I, and bet she, she I mean, I'm so proud of her. So, so shout Very out to nice. her. HB, HBCU proud. So. Yes. Yes. Yep, for yep, sure. Yep. For sure. We yep. love Megan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, you guys. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our interview with Ari Revis. Stay tuned. Okay, y'all, welcome back. Um, we have an interview this week uh, closing out our Writing in Color series for 2021 uh, with Ari Revis. She is a mother of seven, girl, seven kids. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> seven girl. Seven kids. And finds time to age. write, that is goals. Yeah, I know, ranging in age from 14 to one. Uh, and she writes high heat romance and fantasy, uh, mm. contemporary romance and fantasy. Uh, she's also a writer from that writes uh, for Radish, which is a serialized uh, uh, romance app. Yeah, um, I like she, Radish. Yeah, I like Radish too. She's a wife, a mom, born in New York and raised in Jersey. And we talk about her latest uh, releases and how she balances everything. Uh, with her super busy life and what she wants to uh, say in her writing. So you all stay tuned and listen to this interview. It's very insightful interview with Ari Revis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Romance and Color. And we are here with Ari Revis. How are you, Ari? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you for joining us on the podcast to talk about your work and your writing and all that good stuff. Um, But before we get started, I ask everybody the same question. The first question, um, basically, what's your author origin story? How did you get uh, fall in love with romance and romance novels? Um. I first started reading romance in middle school when I had no business reading them. <laughs> but I would say probably like maybe seven years ago is when I really started getting back into it after taking a break. Mm-hmm. And I was going through a lot like mentally and I just wanted an escape. And for me, romance was the books that I had the best escape in. And then it was safe because it always has a happy ending. So mm-hmm. I needed that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, Tell me more about Ari, like where you're from, um, you know, your background, how that kind of influences like what you write, what you don't write. Um, kind of let the people know, like, you know, where your what your perspective is 
and how that kind of influences your romance and your writing. Because you not only do romance, you do sci-fi and fantasy as well. So yeah, yeah. So how how does that influence what you're writing? Um, so I was born in New York in Brooklyn. I moved mm-hmm. to New Jersey when I was pretty young, but New York will always be home to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how it influenced my writing? I would say definitely the fantasy I wrote. It's um, it's all black characters. So mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to see a book with a black princess. She becomes the queen. Mm-hmm. And just for me personally, I hadn't read many books like that. Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to see that. And I have a 14-year-old daughter, so I definitely wanted her to have a book like that for her to read when she gets old enough to read books like that because it had sex in it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Not right now, but later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of daughters, I read that you have seven kids. Like, yes. how in the world, <laughs> ma'am, how in the world are you balancing <laughs> writing taking care of seven children, um, a career, if you have one outside of the home like or in the home, how in the world are you balancing all that with seven kids? Definitely a lot of overnight writing, which probably mm. isn't the best, but mm. it has to happen sometimes. Um, I really, I set like deadlines for myself and I'm really, really stringent about meeting them because then mm-hmm. I'm, if I don't, I'm disappointed in myself. So I make sure that I meet them. Mm-hmm. somehow it actually got easier with COVID and them being home because mm-hmm. I didn't have to go out to pick them up from school and yeah. you know do all those, all those kind of activities so it actually got easier for me to just be in the house and mm-hmm. write when 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 time allowed so what are the age ranges of your kids I know you said one's 14 but seven yeah. how, how so many I have a bonus daughter who's 21 mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then 14 and then my youngest is one Oh Lord! <laughs> oh my God! You—they run the gamut. Like my, like my mama said, you got, oh, like, yeah. uh, you got teens and you got like you know toddlers. That's that's mm-hmm. crazy. Oh my God! God bless you. I don't know how you do. I don't know how you doing this, honey. <laughs> it is squeezing in. It's basically I'm just I got YouTube on the TV all day for them. Mm-hmm. For the younger ones, mm-hmm. the older ones are playing games and you know doing school and stuff. They still do school online. So uh-huh. that uh-huh. keeps them busy. And the youngest ones, it's just YouTube, YouTube and Disney. YouTube, I, oh my God, I know that life. I know that <laughs> life. Yes. So you you mentioned briefly about overnight and and your schedule, kind of writing overnight. So tell me, like, what a typical kind of day is for you, as far as balancing things and 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 getting your writing in, getting those words in every day. Do you set like a goal every day for how many words you want to write, or do you just kind of let's kind of go with the flow and just set couple hours here or there or how do you um I try to write at least 1500 words a day mm-hmm. and I try and give myself at least like one day off a week mm-hmm. um my longest book has taken me I think three months to write so I kind of set three months as the standard for when mm-hmm. I should have a book done mm-hmm. um so yeah when it's getting closer to that three months I'll definitely that's when I'll stay up all night to finish writing the book before it reaches my personal time limit Okay. Are you more of a pantser or a plotter when it comes to your Oh, book? no. I'm a big plotter. I plot <laughs> everything. The, what the girl's going to look like, what the guy's going to look like, what happens mm-hmm. in every chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, even one-liners I just think of randomly get written down. Everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how did you, like, develop your craft? Like, like was it kind of trial and error? Were you, like, reaching out to, like, a Twitter community to kind of, like, 
you know, get support or, you know, how did you kind of develop, you know, how you write, how you plot, how you do things? Did you join like a, a writer's group or anything like that? Or were you kind of just striking, striking out on your own and researching and piecing stuff here and there? Um, I started because I was in a Goodreads group and they had like yes. a writer challenge that I just okay. was like, yeah, okay, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And it was like a four part short story. And then I posted the first part and people were really interested, like, oh, what's coming next? And I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I think, mm-hmm. I think I could do this. Mm-hmm. So that led to me, my first book is very much like based on my life. So that mm-hmm. one was really easy to write because it was basically my childhood and then me just adding a love story into it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would say my second book was the first time I like kind of got stuck. And then I asked my favorite author kind of what she does when she gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And she told me kind of like, she's the one who told me to plot, like, you know, mm-hmm. think of it like a train and you're going from point A to Z and you're just figuring out what happens at mm-hmm. every stop mm-hmm. until you get to the end. Mm-hmm. So um, that's definitely why I'm a big plotter now. Who's who's this author that gave you that that information? Bethany Chris, I love Bethany her. Chris. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool. So, so you you're plotting, you you you're you're writing, you you're getting your craft together. How mm-hmm. did the kind of the first book come about? How what was the idea and the impetus for it? What was yeah, I know you say your your childhood and you kind of threw a mm-hmm. threw a love story in this kind. Of, so tell us kind of what that first book is about and how how that idea kind of came to be. Um, the first book is a girl. She's oh, I can't remember sixteen or seventeen. I can't remember. Um, she's in a really dark place. She's like she's depressed because of a trauma that's happened in her life and like, mm-hmm. the way the family kind of brushed it under the rug. Mm-hmm. and all she really cares about is her siblings and her mom is really toxic so mm-hmm. she's kind of raising her siblings for mm-hmm. her mother um so she ends up getting in trouble at school because a boy kind of spreads a rumor about her that hits like way too close to home mm-hmm. so when she's suspended a boy that's been trying to get her attention for a long time brings her the schoolwork. And at mm-hmm. first she's suspicious of him, like, why are you being so nice to me? And he's like, because I've been trying to get your attention for a long time. Mm-hmm. So she slowly uh, opens up to him. Mm-hmm. And then um, she starts getting therapy and seeing that, you know, she can get out of this darkness she's been in for so many years. And then um, kind of things really come to a head with the trauma that she had um, when it kind of it almost gets inflicted upon her siblings as well. Mm. And she just finds a new strength in herself mm. um, in order to save them. Mm. Mm. That's compelling. How, I mean, how hard was it to kind of pull from these kind of places in your life to kind of put that on the, on the page out there for others to read? I mean, was it, how difficult was that for you? I found kind of it really therapeutic, actually. Okay. I found okay. it really healing to, mm. to like, uh, to speak about something that I think happens to so many more girls and boys than people talk about, mm-hmm. to speak about the way that families brush it under the rug with the, mm-hmm. you know, um, which, what happens in this family stays in this family kind yes. of thing. Yes, yes, And um, like, I know people, my mother read that book and I think it changed her view a lot on how she handled it, how she could have handled it better. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that was the best thing that came out of it awesome awesome so 
let's let's kind of shift gears away from like so was that book would you consider that in, in, like kind of a YA type of book um, um I would or, consider or kind of it new adult yeah new adult even though new that's adult. her age um I I wouldn't say YA because it does have sex in it an adult man. so I would yeah, consider it new adult yeah yes yeah, yeah um so let's kind of shift gears from that and I know you also delve into fantasy as well um what made you interested in, in doing fantasy and I know you said you you have a daughter. You want to, you want her to be able to see herself in in, in fantasy as well. Um, what made you interested in that? And what type of world building did you kind of do to get your series going? Because it's it's called the Nora series, if I'm correct. So yes. so what kind of world building did you do for your science fiction, and how did that come about? Um, so in that kingdom, in the Nora kingdom, it's always autumn. There is a witch who is kind of like shackled to the king and she has to do whatever he tells her to do. Mm. And um, before the princess is born, her father made the witch marry him mm-hmm. because he like wanted to have um, a witch for a child. So mm. he had the daughter in the book, but the mother did something to hide her power. So he thinks that she's powerless most of the book. Mm. So... um He's forcing her into an arranged marriage with a different kingdom to prevent a war. Mm. But the king of the other kingdom, he's brutal. He's already killed two wives. And she's like, it's not happening. Mm. So their kingdom has someone called the, um, now he's only referred to as the unspoken one because to speak his name is forbidden. Mm. And she has no else to turn for help than to find out his real name and call upon him, hoping that he can help her save herself and her kingdom from her Mm. father. Mm. Okay, that's that. That reminds me of some some Octavia Butler um, type of world building going on. Um, she's one of my favorites. So, who do you kind of draw inspiration from as far as your fantasy um, is concerned, and and who do you like, and 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 what do you kind of like want to do with that? Because I, I think it's what three books in that. Is it three books in that particular series? There's only one right now. There's only I'm one right now. Okay. One right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and how's that going? <laughs> I'm at like 90,000 words, so I'll be done soon, I hope. Yeah, fantasy is thick, boy. Because <laughs> yeah. you got, like you said, you have to do so much world building and, and, and mm-hmm. catch people up with, especially with a series, catch them up with what, what's happened before and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so what are some things that you feel like are important in the stories that you want to tell? What are some of the things that you want to get across in your stories as far as cultural context and 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 uh sort of um diverse experience context of concern like what do you want to kind of get across in both your contemporary romance and in your fantasy um as far as like those kind of cultural linchpins for other people to kind of see um i definitely want to challenge people to like change their perspective on things mm-hmm. like um my latest release is a guy who you know he grew up in a bad neighborhood and he he's a drug dealer now mm-hmm. but he only does it so that he can be able to take care of his little brother because he's the only one left for him mm-hmm. so all throughout the book it has him kind of explaining what drove him to where he is now in life that he doesn't mm-hmm. really want to be there but he had no other option and I would like people to take away from it that um, sometimes it's not that people made a bad decision. It's that that was mm-hmm. the only choice they could make. Mm-hmm. That 
you know, sometimes they make those decisions so that uh, other people that they love won't be in those same positions. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to change people's perspective, like consider the circumstances and the environments that people came from that led them to be where they are instead of just judging them all the time. Right. So this part and of even your... with my first book, I would say that the same because, um, you know, she was in a bad place mentally and people, I think, um, people with like any type of mental illness is kind of like just a, well, get, be happy kind of mm-hmm. mentality that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we'll stop and consider what drove the person to that point and try mm-hmm. to put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is, is this the latest release trouble, right? That That's out yes. now, right? Yeah. And it's part of your unwavering love series. Yeah. Um, so how did that series come about and how did you kind of like, formulated and I'm, I'm going to circle back to another question because it just kind of popped up on my mind when you mentioned mm-hmm. something but just answer that one for me um, if you could about how you kind of formulate this series and what was, was the impetus and kind of tying these all together um the first book I would say was like heavily influenced by everything that was going on around like Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because the lead in that book he he um, got into some trouble in his youth, but he got it together, got his own business and everything, but the cops just will not let go of like a grudge against him. Mm-hmm. So he ends up getting arrested later on for something that he didn't do, but the cops are just hell bent on uh, persecuting him for this. Mm-hmm. And it's just about the discrimination in the legal system and things like that. Mm-hmm. And of course the heroine, she sticks by his side because she knows that he's a good person mm-hmm. and that he didn't do what he's accused of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second book, uh, kind of the same thing. A guy who he had a rough childhood, um, but then he started working in a community center and he's trying to better himself while bettering the people around him. Mm-hmm. And him and the heroine in that book both have like very visible scars of what they've been through in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's what attracts him to her in the first place that, mm-hmm. you know, she has this scar and he knows you've been through things like I have and we're both survivors. Mm-hmm. Um and then the third book where, you know, he's trying to make his life better so he can make his little brother's life better and get them out of the situation that they're in. So, yeah, so these books clearly have a more, I guess, grittier urban type of theme to them. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that, you know, going way back to, you know, the coldest one ever and things like that that came out when we were, well, I don't know how old you are, but when I was young, <laughs> when I was young. Uh, put you there. I'm forty. I'm almost forty three. So when I was um young, uh, that came out. That was like the hot, hot book. Um, mm-hmm. and so would you say these guys, these kind of creators, are sort of like dark, kind of alpha, like males. Um, and if so, you know, I wanted your take on something because a lot of folks are into now like these mafia romances and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? And at the same time, you get a lot of folks who kind of snub their noses at quote-unquote urban romances. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, if there's no difference. There's no, no difference. There <laughs> there's no difference. This, the, the guys are still, like I asked you about brooding alpha type males. The guys are still these wounded people with hearts of gold. The mm-hmm. guys are still, you know, guys that may have been caught up in nefarious, you know, illegal situations who are trying to turn their lives around, or maybe not. Um, but you know, what's your take on folks kind of thumbing their nose at urban lit and you know why 
And but <laughs> yes, but I, I'm not trying to feed you the answer, but you know what I'm saying. No, but, no, um, I know. But but are still um, embracing stuff like kidnap mafia, mm-hmm. 365 DNI type of stuff. Uh, what do you? What's your take on? I that? feel like the only difference is one person's in a business suit. To me, that's mm-hmm. the only difference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people want to turn their noses at that. Like, they're still doing the same. They're committing crimes. Mm-hmm. They're doing things that are, you know, the darker side. But the only difference is, most of the time, the color of the characters. Mm-hmm. And that one, it seems like when it's mafia, their hands are kind of a little bit cleaner mm-hmm. than in urban lit. But you're still doing mm-hmm. the same thing. You're just at different levels of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, so, for me, I feel like this this entire fascination, particularly with I, I see a lot of like book talkers and stuff, and I'm surprised that so many black women are so um, interested in these mafia romances and stuff like that. And I'm like, y'all do realize, you know, we stuff got like that. Around, we got a whole section <laughs> of these things that have been around forever. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Since the '90s, you know, people been writing very gripping things. You know. Um, you know, I just think about uh, with Victoria Christopher Murray, her books have just had, had come out and they, they're being produced by Lifetime and stuff like that. That's considered urban in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you know, why are we it's, it's, it's really just about honestly black folks versus mm-hmm. versus quote-unquote refined Europeans doing crime. It's like one type of crime is more sophisticated somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, it's funny it... because my first book, people would write in, like, some not in the reviews, but people would tell me that my character sounded too white. You know, he was just huh. a boy in high school. I don't know what he was supposed to be doing in his free time <laughs> or anything like that. And then my books now where they're in like, a, you know, a bad neighborhood and things like that. It's like, oh, now you're writing quote unquote ghetto people. It's like, well, you know, you can't really please people either way. We already know no, you that. Can't. No, you but, can't. you know, either. No, you I don't know. You know, what is, a, what is a child in high school supposed to sound like? You know, like, yeah, you, said, <laughs> you know, I mean, even if he was quote unquote hip or whatever, whatever. Um, or are you slang? You know what is he? What is he supposed to sound like? Mm-hmm. You know that's 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 crazy. That's crazy. I just wanted your take on that. I was like, I know you write these type of books, and and you know, I, I was like, I know she got a she got to feel some kind of <laughs> some kind of yeah. way about that. You know what I mean? So thank you for that. Thank you for your candor about that. About that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, what do you think are some when you first got into writing i know you're an independent um author and stuff what made you want to go indie versus trying to go the traditional route one i'm a big control freak mm-hmm. two um because my first book dealt with like trauma and mental illness i was really fearful that if a publisher had it they would want to change too much mm-hmm. and i really wanted it to be like I didn't want it watered down. I wanted it to be in your face so that you understand, like, this is what happens to, sadly, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I wanted to make sure that it was kept the way that it was to mm-hmm. really have an impact like I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And what you know, I like you... cooking my own covers and everything. I like okay, so that. you do design your own covers and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so what's the design process like for you? How do you pick what your covers are going to be and and you know um usually how do you go through all that? like I see a picture on I don't know like deposit photos whatever usually it's a picture that 
inspires the story. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I just make the story around that. So I end up getting that picture and then go over on Canva and, mm-hmm. you know, pick the fonts and everything. Mm-hmm. It's really easy once you just figure out Canva. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use Canva. I use Canva, too. So how did publishing your first book independently, what did it teach you about the publishing process? And what's something that somebody who's thinking about doing it themselves independently, what's something they can take away from that process that you learned that you want to pass on? Um, I definitely wish that I had, I guess, know more about like advertising, promoting rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really bad at promoting myself and I know mm-hmm. I should get better at it like anybody mm-hmm. else's book I'm like you know this book is the best thing in the world buy it right now I have my own book I'm like you know please read it if you get time. <laughs> so I wish I had been better it was just basically like I put the cover on my Instagram for my first book and was like hey there's a book out go buy it and I wish yeah. I had known you know <laughs> to do yeah. much better like put teasers and things like that yeah um yeah. but everything else was fairly easy you know Amazon you just load it on there and Mm -hmm. go so that part was pretty easy and then probably would have told myself don't read reviews (laughs) I I really shouldn't now either but I do I always ask you to read the reviews (laughs) so you don't I do I shouldn't but I do oh you do (laughs) you do yeah I mean what's been the so you say you learning how to promote yourself since uh-huh. then, what, what's been the best way of you getting the word out there about your books? Because real talk, I've seen your book, a couple of books definitely on TikTok, people talking about them and, and saying, hey, read this book. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I definitely saw somebody, word, straight up, no lie, I saw somebody talk about Afraid to Fall um, on TikTok, I believe. I think it was TikTok. Yeah, I'm pretty positive it was TikTok. Um, and saying that it was good and it was a, a good um, book. Um, so yeah, some people out there reading it, honey. So <laughs> I mean, they out there reading. It. So so, what's been the best way you you learned since to kind of promote yourself? Is it Twitter? Is it word of mouth? Is it you know? Back um, I definitely prefer I prefer uh, Instagram and TikTok. Okay. Okay. Um, TikTok because I think when you put a song with it, it really just makes people relate to it a little bit more for whatever uh-huh. reason. Uh-huh. And then Instagram, um, I don't know. You get you know just like strangers liking your post. Twitter, I haven't really gotten that, and I just really don't like Facebook. I don't know why. <laughs> Facebook is becoming a bit mundane. And <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I usually get like my mother-in-law liking it. On That's there what I'm saying. And... <laughs> family. <laughs> Yeah, it's just family on on uh on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And plus, Facebook. I think I think places like Instagram because it's very visual. Um, Twitter, mm-hmm. which can be visual and it's about the written word, kind of also allows, particularly for the subject matter you write, um, a yeah. lot of anonymity. Um, and people don't know, you know, a lot of authors have mystery behind them, and maybe that it's a, it's a pseudonym, whatever, whatever. Um, they don't want people to know a, a, a lot about them, what they write, things like that. So I think it allows for a lot of mystery and gets people much more interested in what you're writing versus, I guess, a Facebook or something like that where people have to comment and, you know, search for you, like do some deep uh-huh. digging and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I feel what you, I definitely feel what you're saying. Um, since writing and you say you take about three months or so to write 
Has there ever been times when you're like stuck and you're trying to get past this block of writing? Like you have like a writer's block and what kind of gets you up out of the weeds when you, when you're stuck in, in like your writing process? Um, I can really think of like one book that I got stuck on and I just mm-hmm. kind of put it aside and started writing another one mm-hmm. because I have like all these stories plotted out and I was like, I'm not about to waste time stuck mm-hmm. on this book when I have all these mm-hmm. other books to write. So, and then I ended up like getting this great idea for that book. So then I was writing two books at a time mm. and they both got done on time. So I was like, you know, my mind was automatically like, oh, you can write two books in three months. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. you have to shut that down. No. Yeah, yeah, that was special circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would so, say just set something aside for a while. Set something aside for a while. So what? do you think is most important when you're kind of plotting and writing is it strong characters is it is it like the plot is it like the setting like what do you think is most important to have when you're creating like a good strong uh let's say contemporary romance for example what's what's the strongest part to to have in in, in the book um i think just making sure the book like kind of effortlessly effortlessly flows Mm-hmm. That's like really, really important to me that um, kind of like my editor, she'll always kind of write a note if something doesn't flow. Mm-hmm. So then I make sure to fix that really well because I never want there to be points in my book where it just like goes from one scene to the next and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. So um, when I say I plot like everything in the chapters I can think of, it's like mm-hmm. three pages a chapter that mm-hmm. I'm just writing everything I possibly can to make sure that this story flows well. Mhm, mhm, and I know you say I just mentioned an editor. What's what's an editorial process like for someone who's an independent author? What's that like for you? Like, what do you expect from an editor? Um, so like my first few books, I think I had three rounds of editing because I was mm-hmm. like new and I had mm-hmm. uh, developmental editing. So she's making sure the story flows, you know, checking for spelling and everything like that, mm-hmm. making sure there's consistency. Um, and then when I got a little bit, when I felt I could do that a little bit more for myself, I went to just uh, two read-throughs. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at now. Um, I like, I really like when editors put comments of like lines that really stuck out to them or something that made them laugh because that makes it easy for me to like put that in a teaser maybe. Mm-hmm. Um or even something that made them cry, just so I know that the parts that I wanted to be impactful are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So usually two read-throughs at this point. So you do about two read-throughs, and so generally mm-hmm. that produces, like, what, how many drafts for you? Maybe two or three drafts of that yeah. particular book? And then, yeah. yeah, the third would be the final. Yep. Third would be the final. Okay. Okay. So what for you has been the most like rewarding thing about having your books out there and and what kind of like feedback have you gotten from folks who've read your books not the not the we're not talking about the 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 uh the reviews that you say you read I'm talking about (laughs) just like just the feeling behind it you know I'm saying like people like oh I like this part I like that part you know what's been the Mm -hmm. most rewarding thing about having your books out there uh for folks to read um definitely when somebody says that they relate to a story of mine Mm -hmm. um like 
my first book and then the fantasy it was I would get like an email somebody saying like I felt like this was my life well the fantasy because of other reasons not obviously the fantasy aspect Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. when somebody says they can relate that's what makes me the happiest as an author Mm -hmm. that um Mm -hmm. you read a story that you felt some part of yourself was in Mm -hmm. um the feedback I've gotten I mean I always get good feedback so I'm happy about that Mm -hmm. um I don't know, like, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I know that some of your work is up on, or was, it might be was, I don't know if that's past tense, but was on Radish. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about, like, these kind of serialized platforms uh, where writers can put out a chapter here at a time and, and you know, get you know, readership and stuff that way. How how do you feel about that? And what's the process been like for you? Has it been rewarding to do that sort of platform for you to get your writing out there? Um, the process is uh the process takes a little long because you have mm-hmm. to break it down, you know, episode by episode. So you're basically going through your book and like chopping it up into mm-hmm. maybe like twenty four hundred word sections. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little hard because sometimes you have to break up a, a scene that I don't want to or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I really do like writers because um, the readers can write comments under each episode. And I really mm. like interacting with them. Mm. So um, it's a great way to get feedback, in my opinion. Um, I think you may be one of the first like writers I've had on here who actually had something out there. Um, on radish, so I, I'm very curious about the the process. And so yeah, I the, like it a lot. Yeah, so you said the it's people a, can leave a leave great uh, source of income for one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two, yeah, I like like um they have a lot of things to promote you on their app. Like okay. maybe it'll be Free Story Friday or something like that. So it's free mm-hmm. that day, but I end up getting a lot of readers that continue on paying for it after that. So okay, and then they okay. always. A lot of people leave comments on there, so it's just it's really motivating to read that somebody's liking your book so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're getting real time feedback on yeah on on the books as 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 people are reading them in sections. Okay, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Like I've, I've I've always been curious about how it works. So like, thank you for letting me know because I was like I, I was wondering like how that works. I've seen it. I've interacted with that app before. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder, like, how in the world do do authors authors actually do it, and, and what's the process like? Um, so, what since you since you've been publishing for a while, um, what are some common traps you think for aspiring writers, particularly for those who want to be indie writers? What are some common traps that that they should avoid? Um. I personally don't like when I see someone's writing a book and they'll be like, oh, my, my book is trash. And it's like, mm-hmm. whatever you wrote, and people will be in the comments like, oh, throw it out, start start new. Like, no, whatever you wrote, it came from somewhere. You had a story mm-hmm. to tell. Mm-hmm. And you can always go back and fix things later. Just write that story, get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what editors are for. That's what, you know, reading your own book again is for. Mm-hmm. So just get that story out and then go back and try and fix it later. Mm. um definitely promote yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> even mm-hmm. before the book comes out like I have a pen name right now mm-hmm. and I made the Instagram account months before I released <coughs> the book mm-hmm. and started promoting myself on that name months mm-hmm. before it to build like a base mm-hmm. and then release the book so I would mm-hmm. say do that if you're going to release a book just start 
you know, leaving like a, a sentence that you wrote now to get people interested in what you're writing. Mm-hmm. So that when you do release it, you already have people interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, good. That's great advice. Super great advice. Um, I know I mentioned before, writing is like can be really long and be solitary. And for you trying to balance everything with everything that you got going on and the little <laughs> ones and all that stuff. Um, is there like a community of writers or other writers of color that kind of help you with your process? Do you have like a group of critique partners or beta readers or something that kind of helps you through or motivates you as, as when times get hard and rough out there? Um, not really. <laughs> My friend is an author. So uh-huh. when I first started, she helped me like figure out how to, uh, oh Lord, I can't think of the word format my book there we go she Mm -hmm. formatted it she helped me make my my cover for that book so she was really really helpful she still is even if I just want to ask her like she was on the radish app so I asked her kind of like well how's it going Mm -hmm. for you and things like Mm -hmm. that um in terms of women of color my editor my first editor was black and it was really helpful having her as my editor because my story you know had black people and Mm -hmm. It was, she understood and related to so much in the story that I was worried if people would. And then her husband is white. So even something, I was like, it's going to sound bad. I was like, do white people say this? Like white beater. I was like, do white people call it a white beater? She's like, yeah, that's my husband. And I'm like, She's like, yeah, they do. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, it's good to have those cultural perspectives if you're asking about certain things. Yeah, especially if, if you were writing like an interracial or something like that. If there's something you don't know, then hey, you gotta ask. You gotta ask folks about <laughs> about mm-hmm. about certain things. Hey, I feel you on that one. Yeah, but I, I do I do think it's still good for you to seek community and find like a little niche group of writers that you can like hang tight with and like bounce bounce some ideas off of. I know for mm-hmm. me, it's been like super helpful as a as a a neo that's still trying to get out here and get their stuff out there. Like I'm still in the trenches. I'm still grinding. I'm still trying to, you know, query and this, that, and the third. Cause I kind of want to go the mm-hmm. traditional route. Um, so it, it, it's still helpful to, even if you don't want to go the traditional route, it's still helpful to have like that group of other indie writers who can like push you along, who are much more, you know, um, ahead in the game as far as as the promotion and stuff is concerned we'll talk offline because I, I, I can get you some in contact with some folks I think it'd be, we'll be awesome up. for you I, yeah no, we'll talk <laughs> offline we'll talk after this is over with about some folks I think I'm like yeah let me see if I can connect y'all to and see if, if y'all can talk but um anyway so what I, I want to ask you before before we start our rapid fire um what has been like what does like success look like to you as far as like publishing and, and getting your books out there? What's, what is literary success for an indie author to you? Um, I don't, I definitely have a goal of, I want to publish like 20 books before I hit my five year mark since mm-hmm. I published my first book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just um the same answer as before. Like I just want people to relate to the stories. That's what's just most rewarding for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, just related. And I think the, the, that your first series of books, particularly the subject matter, is something I think everybody can relate to, you know, the tra- your past traumas and trying to get over those traumas to find love and acceptance, you know, with somebody else. That's definitely, I think, a theme that everybody, <laughs> everybody who's ever existed <laughs> on this earth can can kind of kind of get through and understand. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel you on that. All right, so all right, we're coming to the last part of the um, interview, and so I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions, sort of like in the Atlas Studio when they ask you all these questions. Um, so here we go. What was your favorite book as a kid? Uh, the House on Mango Street. Oh, that's a good one. That is a <laughs> you good one. Oh it's my been God. now. I'm so shocked. I know. Isn't that crazy? crazy crazy these people are anyway i don't want to give them that discussion but yeah that's a good one that is such a good book um do you like creating heroes or villains 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 okay villains okay villains are much more <laughs> fulfilling hmm? i said vi- villains are much more fulfilling to write um the one in the fantasy book unspoken mm-hmm. uh the king he is he's just evil to his core like mm. he, he has corrupted his kingdom. Like I said, he don't kill two wives. He wants the princess basically so he can break her. Mm. And I just loved writing him. Like just this evil character who just had no remorse, no morals, nothing. Mm. 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 Do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments? Dramatic arguments. Okay. <laughs> Our first one question: Are you do you like movies? Are you a big movie person? One yes. and two. Okay, two. Um, if so, then was there a what's the best kind of book to movie translation you've seen, or do you feel like they've all been like terrible? No, all the bright places. Okay, I've seen that one. Yeah, it, I yeah, was bawling my eyes out. So that was I good. loved it. That was really good. It was on Netflix, right? I think yeah. I've seen that with um. Oh God, what's the point name? I can see uh, his what's face. What's name? Is L Fanning. L Fanning and, and Justin. Oh, Justin. Yes. Justice. Justice. Something. I can't think of his last mm-hmm. name, but just yeah, that was really good. That was really good. Um, where's your favorite place to write? I got my all bed. these kids now. All these <laughs> in my bed. Those <laughs> overnight bed. sessions in my overnight. bed with a pillow oh. behind me. Okay. 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 Um. What is the last romance novel that you read? Uh, the Breath Before Forever. Hmm. Okay, like a Russian mafia book. Oh, we just talking about mafia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Russian mafia book. Um, do you write to music? And if so, do you like create playlists for like each of the books that you've written? Yes. On YouTube, I have a whole bunch of them. I usually write to like heavy metal music. <laughs> Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, that's the yeah. first. Okay, heavy metal music. Why heavy metal music? I I just like like those screaming songs. I just really love them. And plus, because I'm writing overnight, they really keep me awake. Ah, oh, so okay. That okay, that okay. might have a lot to do with it, actually. Okay, okay. That's that's a method to the madness. <laughs> just like heavy metal. Okay, okay. In a romance. All right. All right. <laughs> um. If one of your books were to become a movie, who would you want to play the leads? 
And which um, book? I'll say for my latest book, Trouble, the hero would be, um, what's his name? Ricky Whittle. He was in The Hundred. Oh, yes, yes. I know him. Yes, yes. Yeah, and cute. then the girl, uh, <laughs> the girl <laughs> Zoe Kravitz, because my character has freckles, so they remind me of her. Okay, okay. Yeah, Ricky Whittle is cute. He's super cute. He's British, so. Ooh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's British. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's British. <laughs> I've heard him speak before. He's British. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he was a model. Back in the day, he was a model. I think he's a model. That's like believable. Yeah. Adidas or Reeboks or somebody like that, because I remember the ads. But he is super, super cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, if someone was new to, like, romance, who is an author that you think they should read old or new first? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite author, Bethany Chris. Okay. Okay. She writes really, like, unapologetic characters, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, where do you see romance novels going in like the next decade? Hmm. Or what would you like to see them go in the next decade? I definitely, I would like to see a lot more black romances, mm-hmm. but, and here's what bothers me when I go to the bookstore. You know how the black romances are in like a totally different section? Mm-hmm. I would like mm-hmm. to see them just be in the normal romance section. Mm-hmm. They don't have mm-hmm. they don't have to be separated. It's just it's just romance. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like to see. All romance just in one section. Yeah, yeah. I I recently went to a barn not too far from me. And I, I just happened to peruse the African-American section. I was like, okay, it's not really a lot of romance over here. Went to their romance section, and a lot of the romance was over there in the regular romance. And I thought, okay, somebody oh, took it upon wow. themselves. Yeah, some, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm in Atlanta, I don't know. But somebody took it upon themselves to organize that particular bonds in a way that all the romance was together, period, point my years. The romance is over there. Um, in the romance stations versus in the African-American stations. I thought that was pretty super thoughtful, but I, I feel you on that. Um, so when it's all said and done and you've written a thousand books and you've made a <laughs> ton of money, um, what do you want readers to say about the books that you wrote? Um, that it made them see things from another perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or change their minds about something, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, Ari, this has been fun. I've enjoyed talking to you. You are a delight. Um, I hope you get plenty of rest with all those babies. <laughs> where can we find you on social media and where can we purchase your books? Um, on an Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, anywhere. It's author Ari Revis. And um, all my books are wise. You can buy them from any major vendor, and they're on okay. Radish. They're on Radish. All right. Get, give her, give this woman some coins on Radish, okay? Go on Radish <laughs> and log in and, 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 and give her some coins. If you're the person that can't sit and read at a, a bunch, you like to read a little bit at a time, this, that's the perfect app for you to, to read mm-hmm. a little bit at a time. So thank you so much, Ari, um, for coming on. And, um, 
I really, really appreciate it. I really enjoyed talking to you. You too. Thank you for having me. Thanks. you guys i hope you enjoyed that interview with ari revis you can find all of her social information links to her goodreads her twitter and instagram accounts um at ari a-r-i revis r-e-a-v-i-s dot com so um i hope you all enjoyed that interview i love talking <laughs> to her she was a lovely lovely person so yakini what's up in watching romance this week what did you watch anything okay, so any of our many christmas movies i did i did i did watch several movies and i enjoyed them um mm-hmm. i watched a chestnut family christmas that was with mm. megan holder and brad james i mm. watched a christmas winter song with ashanti my favorite christmas melody with maya um mm-hmm. i watched our christmas journey with holly robinson pete a sisterly christmas um, that had our girl Deborah Winans and the bitch mm-hmm. who stole Christmas <laughs> <laughs> with RuPaul. Yes. So it yeah, was all, it was quite yes. a range. What I, I think I mentioned this last last week, but what I've really enjoyed so much about this particular holiday season in the movies is that there was just a lot of singing. And I guess maybe because mm-hmm. the actresses at least the latter half of the season have been celebrity singers. And I right, know some people right. have feelings about gift casting, you know, celebrities and roles. But I feel mm-hmm. like for a holiday movie, it's very apropos. Singing. Yeah, yeah. Singing. I'm not saying yeah. give this Oscar potential movie to like Ashanti or Maya. And I'm not saying they don't have acting chops. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. but I feel like for singing and a musical type thing, I love it. So A Chestnut Family Christmas, I'll start with that. I love mm-hmm. Megan Holder. I don't know if she's getting typecast, but she was in that movie last season with my celebrity crush. Um, what's his name? Daryl. Ver- I don't remember my celebrity crush's name. Daryl <laughs> Rutgers, whatever his name is. Oh, Darius Rutgers. I mean, Darius. Um, oh, Lord. Lamar I Rutgers. know, right? But the, 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 uh, the, the, the son from Greenleaf. Lamar Rutgers. Lamar Rutgers. Thank you. Lamar Lord Rutgers, mercy. Yeah. How can I forget <laughs> But anyway, that's the country singer girl. I was like, I know that name sounds familiar. I didn't just make that up. That's the country singer. So last season, Megan starred in a movie with him, and she was basically like the family cook for you know, he was kind of like very militant. It was just super cute. So Mm -hmm. this um this season, she was in a movie with Brad James. That's Keisha Knight Pulliam's boo husband, Mm -hmm. actually. Her husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, she's a pastry chef who poses basically in the movie. She's posing. Is this one you've seen or you haven't? I haven't seen this. Okay, this is but please give this a you have to watch it. It's Mm -hmm. really one of the good ones. Very high quality. This was on own. So she basically poses as a wealthy homeowner to kind of impress mm-hmm. her brothers for Christmas. She ends up accident. This is all in the description, so it's not a mm-hmm. spoiler, but she accidentally commits herself to hosting Christmas this year. So she has to pretend like it's her home. It's just really, really cute. Goes into yeah, like, and, and that's the one dynamic. that like she's trying to boyfriend right that fake fake the boyfriend right. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's playing mm-hmm. her fiance. There's just a bunch of lies and secrets, and not just her, but you know, family dynamics. We all have our secrets and our dynamics within our family, even though from the outside they may look picture perfect. So, this kind of mm-hmm. delves into that. It's super cute, it's funny. 
I enjoy her. I enjoyed Brad James. It was a one. Like, if you don't have time to get to everything, get to this one, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Equally, equally wonderful were A Christmas Winter Song and My Favorite Christmas Melody, two of our, mm-hmm. you know, our favorite throwback girls, 90s, you know, Sam. I can't believe Maya is Maya. in the movie. Oh, that was a breath of fresh air. She was wonderful. Really? So she was in My Favorite Christmas Melody. She's basically a songwriter, and she kind of lost her passion for songwriting you know, when somebody basically, I don't want to spoil it, but something happened to her kind of traumatic, you know, there was some shadiness mm-hmm. in the, the record industry. And so mm-hmm. she kind of just lost that passion. So she mm-hmm. ends up writing jingles for commercials. She's really good at it and she makes a lot of money, but it's wait, 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 hold up. This sounds just like the plot with Tatiana Ali and she was writing jingles and she was a singer songwriter, but she lost her passion. I do remember that. I do remember that. You're absolutely right. Right. That one was on. No, that one wasn't on Lifetime. That was on Hallmark. That was a few but, years ago. That was a good yeah. one. And basically, remember? yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this is exactly that. Recycling these damn plots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So funny that you recognize. Oh God. That. But yeah. So was, okay. So what was so the one with Maya was. Um, Christmas melody, and then the that's one a, with, that's my favorite Christmas melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one with uh, Ashanti, Ashanti is a was... Christmas winter song, and that one's good too. That one mm-hmm. I kind of was teary, you know, in that one a few times because that one was like she had lost her dad last Christmas or be- from last Christmas, and so she befriends this older gentleman who was oh, homeless. Yeah, yes, a, a yeah that was jet. the one from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I've seen that one, you can mm-hmm. Oh, was that from last season? I was yeah, it was, it was a couple seasons ago. Lord, <laughs> I thought it was, it was a twenty twenty one. No, 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 it's okay though. Let's talk okay, about it. It's a good okay. one. So, I guess like, like he had say, lost, if, if he you was homeless. Seen it, for you. Yes, he was yeah, homeless. He was homeless and living in yes. his car. And yes. um, she yeah, had him exactly. singing and playing exactly. Santa Claus and stuff. That's yeah. it. Exactly. So he that, right, that she good. hired him to play Santa in her little shop. So yeah, so that was um tears. Oh my god. Our Christmas journey. <sighs> so Holly Robinson Pete, who I know has her own autistic oh, yes. son, her and her husband. I'm gonna have to brace myself for that one. This, girl, you're gonna need know. to brace yourself. See, I, I, I thought the last time we spoke, I thought I cried a lot in the movies because I was PMS, but I wasn't this time. I was just watching them as me, <laughs> and um, I just there were so many tears. I think you'll you'll watch it, but. She reminded me so much of me, like in the movie, mm. the way that she just couldn't let go of her son. Because the, the basic plot of it, and this is in the description, so it's not a spoiler, but mm. basically during the holiday season, she and her family, they bring her their autistic son to this new residence where he'll be able to like learn some skills that'll help him be independent mm. and stuff. Mm. And she's always taken care of him all her life. You know, her and her ex-husband are divorced. There's like a little rekindling romance, which is cute mm. or whatever, mm. but he's like encouraging her to allow the son to kind of go to this residence so he can like learn and spread his wings and be away from her, which, you know, might be good for him. And it's just Mm -hmm. so, so hard for her to separate from him. She's always been around him. She's always watched him very closely to make sure nothing happens to him. And it's just really hard. It's like a process of her having to learn that this might be what is best for him, but it's just Mm -hmm. hard because as a mom, I think we can just all relate. Like I literally get choked up when I think about my kids driving them to college 
and that's like over a decade away you know but it's like when I think about it I I cry like I'm like oh my god it's gonna be like the Mm -hmm. hardest day so yeah Mm -hmm. it's a really really special movie it's bringing awareness to autism the actor Mm -hmm. the young man who plays her son he's actually autistic um in the movie you know he actually they don't have him speaking at all which autism can look like that you know the spectrum Mm -hmm. has a wide range um but Mm -hmm. the actor in real life does speak and stuff he he, and he did interviews about it and was just saying how he was really happy Mm -hmm. to be able to represent you know autism in a positive way and just kind of spread that awareness so it was really 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 good i know that you're a fan of holly robinson pete i love her yeah i love her so you'll definitely she said she said it was so hard to do because she was trying to like oh my god you know to Mm -hmm. see her her own feelings about her life yes yes her son rj who is a is a pretty high fun he's pretty high functioning yes yes young man um and he Mm -hmm. you know he works for the dodgers and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and he's um sort of living on his own now and all this stuff and she's like it's so hard for her to also try to let go and stuff so she said doing the movie um yes i saw her on, on like um Today show or something, but she was talking about how doing the movie was super therapeutic for her. It's like her okay. kind of work out, working out her own feelings. Absolutely, about her story, you know. Absolutely, I, I, I can imagine. That. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. definitely art imitating life. Yeah, for sure. And then it had you know the handsome and charming lyric bent in it. We oh, love yes. him. Yeah, yes, so he was so really good in the movie. They he was mm-hmm. a nice love interest. It's always a nice thing when you see like did she have did he have better chemistry with her than he did that other girl that with that like Sanchez. I I oh my god he had better chemistry with her than he had with Rosalind Sanchez absolutely okay that's for okay. sure that was not good chemistry no mm-hmm. it wasn't I wasn't a fan I wasn't a fan mm-hmm. of that no mm-hmm. but it was it was really good it was kind of like he was a little detached because he was her ex husband but that. To her, also in that way, like he kind of reminded me of my ex husband, and their mm-hmm. dynamic was kind of friendly but distant. He was mm-hmm. like the one, like kind of lighten up, like you gotta let him be him, you know, grow up. Himself, and that was yeah. kind of our dynamic as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was just a very relatable, good quality movie. Definitely enjoyed mm-hmm. that. That needs to be on your must see. The next oh, yes, one I'm talking about, they were okay. Like they weren't. If you have to skip anything, and I'm speaking to everyone, you know, they were they were <laughs> cute. But if you mm-hmm. if you can't get to them, so a sisterly mm-hmm. Christmas, that was with Deborah Winan and from um, Greenleaf um, Char- mm-hmm. Charity is that her name. And yep. I forget the other actress's name, Pretty Girl. Um, but basically, mm-hmm. there are sisters who have had some problems getting along and kind of a little vi- rivalry. But their aunt kind of sends them to this luxury resort to spend Christmas together because she wants them to bond. She's like, your mom passed away. I've raised you guys. And you all need to be closer than this. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. So she kind of sends them. It, it's cute. And it has its little mm-hmm. humorous moments. Um, you know. I maybe I was expecting a little bit more, but it was cute. I know one 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 thing when I knew Deborah Winans was in the movie, I thought there was just going to be like a lot of bomb singing, like you know yeah. the Demetria McKinney movie with um the Kirk Franklin joint that had a lot of yes, singing. not just yes, Kirk, yes. not just Demetria, but throughout I really yeah everybody was, I mean, singing. was obviously based in a church, but yeah, and then even mm-hmm. the Ashanti movie and the Maya one, there was just like plenty of singing. Like if you're gonna hire a singer, I want. Yes. 
singing throughout. Like I'm looking forward to that. So there was one we, little duet at the end. Christina Milian, sis be singing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right, exactly. Come on, exactly. Mm-hmm. But there was one little cheesy duet at the end. It was underwhelming, and just it was, it was all right. It was all right. It just it was mm-hmm. cute. And then yeah. the bitch who stole Christmas. I think I also was a little bit let down from that. It was all right. Mm-hmm. You know, a little cliche, like a lot of drag queens. It was RuPaul, so you know, mm-hmm. it was like he had a lot of you know. It was cool. It gave roles and actresses to the LGBTQ. I was like everyone in the in the movie was you yeah. know like a trans or a drag queen or it was cute mm-hmm. but it was just like a little cheesy the humor was just yeah weird. yeah but it was it yeah. was all right you got some laughs you know mm-hmm. that was about mm-hmm. like a really overly ambitious journalist who was trying to get ahead so she had agreed to write this little expose piece on this small christmas town called tuckahoe you know he <laughs> always talking like, about tuckahoe right, so. Right. <laughs> so you know she oh, kind of gets close to the ladies so when it's time to kind of write the expose she doesn't really want to do it, but she puts her career first. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, she's going to get caught and they feel betrayed. But, you know, I won't spoil yeah. too much. So if you have time, give it a, a watch. It did have some cute dancing and singing in it, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed. Kind of like a musical. And RuPaul mm-hmm. was kind of playing like a Miranda Priestly character. She <laughs> was kind of like the editor of, you know, this high fashion uh, magazine. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cute. Yeah. It was cute, but it, yeah. it wasn't anything to write home about. So, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot to catch up on. I still have to watch. I know so you have much. Stuff to watch. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I, I watched, I actually rented a movie. Um, I rented The Hating Game, which is on uh, based on Sally Thorne's uh, very popular uh, rom, rom-com. Okay. Um, it was, I read the book, so it was, it was okay. I mean, that's, I, I, I'll okay. give it maybe three and a half out of five stars. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. have Lucy Lucy Hale, the actress playing the girl named Lucy. Um, <laughs> um, and then the guy who's her love interest, he wasn't like a looker to me. He wasn't oh. the guy that I imagined would be in this thing. But they got a lot I of the see. scenes and stuff from the book uh, mm-hmm. pretty spot on. But um, I was like, and I could have saved my little $7 or whatever. We waited until that joint came on cable. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay. And then I watched Hot Mess, uh, Hot Mess Holiday, uh, the one that was produced by Cal Penn. That joint was funny to me. Oh, was, was it? Laughing. Okay. Yeah, I was <laughs> Hot Mess so Holiday. Because what I network guess, did that come on? That came on uh, Comedy Central, and it came on last week. Okay. Um, they're going to be repeating it, because it was for Diwali. So it was for okay. the Indian, the Hindu okay. holiday of Diwali. Mm-hmm. So Cal Penn was in it. He was basically playing himself. <laughs> he was like this all-knowing figure or whatever these two girls are going on this adventure <laughs> and it very much gave me Harold and Kumar go to White Castle vibes right so I like that movie so I was I was laughing I enjoyed it um but a lot of my friends like you yeah, was kind of dry I'm like well, y'all ain't got no sense of humor <laughs> right. but it was funny to me it was hilarious yeah that's me. what matters but you know um I enjoyed that one so I haven't watched like I said I could have kept my little seven dollars for uh the hanging game <laughs> And just sit and wait it because I know, like I said, Boxing Day is coming to uh, Amazon Prime on the 17th. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to that with uh, Asia Naomi King and Emil Amin, uh, his first uh, movie. Everybody says it's really good. It's going to give you okay. kind of a, black, a black version of like Love Actually. 
the holiday, that type of vibe. So, you know, it's been a long time since we had a right. black holiday movie. And mm-hmm. we've never, ever, ever had a black British holiday movie. So this is a, this is gonna be good. So I'm yeah, I'm, for I sure. am so looking forward to that. Yeah. And then yeah, um what else is coming this week? Uh, Miracle Across 125th Street with Nick Cannon is gonna be on VH1. Um, Candy Cane Candidate uh, with Jackie Lai. She was in the um, the uh, all Asian uh, cast one on Lifetime last year. Okay. Uh, this year, I think she's playing a girl that's like running for mayor or something like that. Okay. And then uh, riding around the Christmas tree, which is about a, of course, it's about a romance author. <laughs> and that's on Lifetime too. And then Christmas for Sale on BT, which is the twenty third. And then Christmas on My Block. Which is going to be on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much wraps up all the Christmas movies that we yes. have on our list. So, I mean, guys, y'all, we have so much to watch and so much to catch up on. And I, yes. I, I can't watch anything tonight because I gotta go to bed. But um, <laughs> I also heard that Let's Get Married, M E R R I E D, was super funny too. So, yeah, yeah, it, has, it was on VH1, it had Taj Mari in it. Joshua Rockmore and Nicole Power. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all in as about a bachelorette weekend at a Christmas thing. Adventure Park gets really like crazy, like like hard partying, and <laughs> and then this girl marries a man. She has to get to like you know meet or whatever. Like she's married a man. Oh blindly. my gosh! So I heard that was really funny too. So y'all gotta watch that. Let's get married. M E R I married. Not married. <laughs> married. Like <laughs> like right. So that looks hilarious. So okay. yeah. Oh, we forgot, girl. We didn't watch Christmas Thief with uh, uh Vivica Fox. No, oh, I, mean, so I missed that's, that. Yeah, but that's on my list though. Christmas okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how I missed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it'll be. It'll come back on this weekend. What network is that one? So Christmas Thief is actually on Ion, I believe. Um, oh, do you have Iron Station? Because I feel like I might have looked it up and maybe I didn't watch it because I didn't have it. I'm going to search for that. I think you might have. I think it's like Does Ion have like... another name? Or it's just mm, Ion? Okay, well, it's, I'm going to look for that. It's either on Ion or it's on um, Up TV. It's okay. Either one. Mm-hmm. I think they're all owned by the same people. Um, so just, it, it might be on there. So I don't know. Yeah, okay. but it it was it, it looks like it was funny too. Yeah, and plus I'm mm-hmm. I like to support Vivica's movies and stuff. Of course, she's yes, the goat. Yes. So yeah, we I love her. She don't do one of those uh the worst series or whatever series she one was of her right? the wrong yeah the wrong yeah, series. Oh, that was good. I don't know. I wonder if she's gonna come back with that. I that think so. Good. She has a good thing going with Lifetime. I would hope so. Mm-hmm, love mm-hmm. her wrong, her wrong uh, series. So <laughs> the good. Wrong yes. gender, the wrong tennis coach. <laughs> the wrong real estate agent. <laughs> the wrong fiance. Right? <laughs> so funny. Oh There's so many of them. So many. Yeah. But anyway, finally, you all, in listening to Romance, I want to give a shout out to Another podcast is called the Bad Romance Podcast. <laughs> um, it's about it's two folks who talk about the world's ro- worst romance films. So they talk about all the romance films that we find horrible. Basically. How funny! So wow, um, you know, it's their opinion that they're bad. They might be something yeah, yeah. you like, mm-hmm. but it's their opinion that they're bad. It's like one one week they were talking about um, how they didn't like um, what was it. Um, 
like they they got to a really heated debate about love actually like one person liked it and one person didn't I think if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken so they were like really upset but I was like oh it was too funny but yeah they talk about <laughs> a lot of uh, rom-coms and, and romances that you know like people like but they don't yes. like or whatever yes so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a cute it's a cute podcast I would enjoy that yep but um, that's it, you all, for the podcast for 2021. Yeah. Uh, we hope you have an amazing, amazing holiday season, however sure. you choose, choose to celebrate, whether you celebrate it all or whether you just take a well-deserved break and just yes. sit and just yes. chill and just reflect and mm-hmm. just be thankful for everything that you got. So, that- yeah. Is there anything you want Santa to bring you, Yakini? Oh, man. I don't know. I want Santa to stop them student loans. <laughs> Byron's right. have a change of heart. So that's about I know. it. No, just I know. continued health into the new year. We're Thanks. still, you know, struggling with this COVID and stuff. People are getting mm-hmm. sick. I know a few people close to me who have been diagnosed with COVID. So just we keep wearing our masks mm-hmm. and everybody just, we want to mm-hmm. see you in 2022. Healthy yeah, and well. Yeah. That's same, it. same. The mm-hmm. only thing I want from Santa is an uninterrupted nap. I just want Amen to that. That is so easier said than where my baby don't bother me. And she just right, leaves me yes. alone, and you know she lets me sleep, and she just watches her tablet or watches her TV yes, or whatever. Yes. And we deserve that sleep. as moms. But yes, yes, we deserve that as moms. So that's all I want is uninterrupted. Now. For sure, so I hope that can happen for you. Same, same. <laughs> same. And some, I mean, money's always good. Diamonds are always good. Take a I wouldn't say no to money or diamonds now. Okay. Never, Mr. never, Meyer. never. But yeah. anyway, thank you all so much for tuning into the podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks in early January. So you all stay tuned and enjoy. It.